Hey folks and welcome back to another Blue Light podcast. I'm Brendan from Blue Light and it's so good to be back. I've spent a couple of weeks off on leave over the summer, not done any live podcasts for you, although I've tried to put some uh, recordings of my new book, some of the chapters of my new book, uh, How to Succeed in the Police Recruitment Process, even if you don't know where to start with your preparation. So some of those have gone out as podcasts and I hope you've enjoyed them. So the other thing I'm doing this evening is I'm going to try and kill two birds with one stone. So I'm actually recording this for a YouTube video at the same time as recording it for a podcast. So what are we going to look at this evening? Um, I'm saying this evening because it is actually the evening when I'm recording this. You might be listening to this at I don't know, 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, it doesn't matter. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. It's great to have you on board. So um, I started thinking over the summer, what, what sort of five things, or actually I was thinking about three things, and then it went up to five, but what, what things are people continuously doing in their interview? Whether it's an interview to get into the police, your final interview, your in-force interview, the interview for the online assessment centre, or whether it's an interview for a promotion board or a specialist interview once you're actually in the police. There's, I worked out there's five things that people are consistently not doing. And this isn't just something I've noticed over the past uh, couple of years. I've been coaching and supporting people to succeed in the police recruitment process and not just in the police recruitment process. I've been doing that for about 10 years, 11 years now. But before that, I was coaching and supporting people to succeed in specialist interviews, promotion boards, my PCSOs, my constables, my sergeants, because I was a serving inspector for the last 12 years of my career, a three-decade career in the police. Um, so word out, it's, it's over a century worth of coaching and supporting people. And what I'm going to do in this podcast, in this YouTube video, is I'm going to share those five things with you. So the idea behind it is that you can learn from that and make sure that you don't do some of the things that you shouldn't be doing. And you do do some of the things that you should be doing more of. And hopefully it'll all make sense to you. So the very first thing that I want to talk to you about is structure. So in my once-ones, in the webinars I run, the interactive webinars for groups, um, there's consistently an issue with structure. And I think one of the problems is that out there is that star thing. So if you Google how to answer interview questions, it's going to bring up star, which stands for situation, task, action, result. Now, I don't think that's very detailed. I don't think it's detailed enough. So I've, I've built on that. And this is for the sort of questions that start with, can you tell me about a time when you've made difficult decisions or worked collaboratively to support other people or challenged inappropriate behavior or inspired others or helped, them, helped uh, yourself or individuals through a change process? The common questions like that. So STAR doesn't really work for me because people talk about the situation and they talk about how they were tasked to do something. Well, I don't want to know about things that you were tasked to do. I want to know about things that you've decided to do without being asked to do so, where you've added value and given 120% in challenging circumstances without being tasked to do so. So you might be thinking, yes, but I tasked myself. But no one talks like that. So why start talking like that in your interview? Because the people who are going to be interviewing you, they don't talk like that neither. So why are you suddenly talking like that in the interview? So one of the things I advocate is we talk about the aim. So still talk about the situation and then talk about what I aim to achieve. What options did I consider? And then move into your action phase. 
but don't just talk about what you did talk about how you did it as well and that's the detail that i'm going to come to in a moment then you can talk about the result then you can talk about what learning you had as a result of that result things didn't always go to plan don't try and tell me that persuade me that everything you touch turns to gold because it doesn't and then we can add our knowledge and understanding why this particular skill behavior trait is so important within the police service or is so important to the next rank whatever it might be depending on the sort of interview you're in so that model i call sal coup but there's other models as well because those aren't the only questions you're going to be asked you're going to be asked questions like why you and why now Um, that's a common question on promotion boards or if the police recruitment version of that is why do you want to be a police officer and so this is where we think about a timeline um Questions about values. What impact would not demonstrating those values have? You might meander all over the place with that, but I'd be thinking about the individual, the team, the task, the organisation, and then the impact on the community. So you're doing it in a very systematic and structured way. I'm just looking at my notes here. Uh, The challenges that the police are facing. That's a a question for... um, recruitment interviews it could also be a question on a promotion board what sort of challenges do you believe you'll face in the next rank and this is where you can talk about uh, certainly in terms of challenges the police are facing uh, generally i'd go from national to local so i've got a structured approach i won't be bouncing around all over the place i'll be thinking about what are the big national issues and how does that translate into more local issues so you can see there's a need for a structure with any type of interview question forward-facing questions there's a big one from promotion boards Um, i use the simon sinek circles i've adapted those so we talk about why that particular behavior or value or skill is so important um how you would actually introduce that in the future and what it would result in so why how what again we've got a structured approach so structure 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 really important so that when you get into your interview and it starts becoming a bit pressured you don't meander all over the place and go off at tangents you've got a structured approach that you can stick to and it makes sense to the assessors the interviewers and it makes it easy for them as well so that's the first thing um second thing i'd like to talk about is detail so the amount of times uh, people talk about what they did but not how they did it. So I was chatting today in the Enforce Advancement Group, that's for serving police officers, where we run a weekly workshop. You can find details about that on the bluelightonline.co.uk website. Um, We were talking about what you would do to implement change. And the individual said, well, I'd, I'd get the message out to the team, I'd fully embrace it myself. This is based on the competency of Deliver, Support and Inspire. And it completely floored him when I said, well, how would you do that? And he just, he, just, he just sat back and he wasn't quite sure. He said, well, I've not really thought of it like that. And it's the same for, please, can you tell me about a time when? The sort of rear, rear-facing questions. People often talk about what they did, but they don't talk about how they did it. So I want to know the fine detail. So that's really important as well. How did you actually go about doing the thing that you're claiming that you've done? I held a meeting with my fellow teammates. Great, how did you do that? I want to know the detail all the way down to the sort of structure you use for the meeting, the sort of questions you ask of your colleagues. I want detail, 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 because that's stuff I can mark against the behaviours within the competency and values framework. 
So that's the second thing, detail. Third one, emotion. Oh my goodness, the amount of times people, when they're practicing with me, give me an answer. And it, it sounds so dead. It's, there's no life in the answer. You want to join the police. I want you to be enthusiastic about it. You want to get promoted. I want to hear some some drive and enthusiasm behind the fact that you want to get promoted or want this specialist post. And so that's often missing. And the reason why it's missing, I think, is often because people don't latch on to the fact that it's really important to demonstrate that emotional side of you. Now, let me give you an example of that. So today in the Enforce Advancement Group, we were talking about uh, why you and why now to uh, in respect of why do you want to be promoted to sergeant and the individual talked about uh, I've, I've developed myself I'm more rounded and motivated and uh, basically it just sounded like a big list and it, it just didn't carry it off until I started asking questions so can you tell me about one time when you've gone home and thought that's exactly what being a sergeant is all about and they did. And they gave an example of a really challenging situation where they really stepped up to the plate as a constable and dealt with the issue that they had to deal with, but also supported some of their colleagues. And that really carried it off. And it was emotional for the individual to talk about, but it really, really made a difference. And everyone agreed on the Enforce Advancement Group how that's the thing that made a big, big difference to them. Um, what else? So get some emotion in there. Uh, number four. Number four we're up to now. Answer the question. <laughs> I know it might seem obvious, but when I ask a question, please can you tell me about a time when you've had to make a difficult decision, where you've had to account for that decision to others? I sometimes, I'm like three or four minutes through and I'm thinking, where's the actual decision? And where's the difficult one? Or please can you tell me about a time when you've uh, delivered the best possible service? Well, it all sounds lovely, and but it's all a bit vague. What was the specific time when you actually offered the best possible service? So make sure you actually answer the question, because so many times people go off at all sorts of tangents, and I'm, I'm listening to them thinking, yeah, it sounds great. It sounds like a great answer even, but to a completely different question. So be really crystal clear about what the difficult decision is, what the collaboration was, what the problem was to start with, what the inappropriate behaviour was, whatever it might be that you're answering the question on. Be crystal clear about what that thing is. Does that make sense? <laughs> Hopefully it does. Um, the fifth thing, and this is something that so many of you just aren't doing and you need to do it, and that's practising. And that's practicing. So, so many of you will make notes. You know, there you go. You've made a load of notes in your book. Uh, you read through them. You read them back. But you're not actually practicing with real life humans. You're not actually setting up a room exactly as it'll be on your interview. Or if it's for the online assessment centre for potential recruits, you're not recording yourself talking for five minutes, delivering an answer for five minutes. Try it. If you've got your online assessment centre ahead of you, try this exercise. So uh, here's a question for you. Please can you tell me about a time when you've had to make a difficult decision where others may not have agreed with you? Typical question, one that can pretty much guarantee is on the online assessment centre. Try this out for size. Deliver using the Salku method, adding detail, adding some emotion, a five-minute answer, but record yourself and then play it back. I guarantee you're going to hate the sound of your voice. 
I guarantee you're going to go, oh, I am an hour a bit too much. No one cares. Get over it. But what it will do is it will enable you to work out, this is exactly what I come across as. That This is, oh, that structured bit, that wasn't very good there. I went off on a tangent because you're practicing. It's the same with when you actually practice with a real person, if you're practicing for a, a face-to-face interview. I'd advocate, strongly advocate, that you do that with another person, even if it's your mum and or your best friend or your partner. You've just got to bribe them. Bribe them with something nice that they love, whether it be a bottle of wine, box of chocolates, trip out, whatever it might be. Um, because you're going to have to get them to pretend as well, because they're probably going to laugh at you. That's one thing to do. They'll either laugh at you or... They'll just say, oh, that sounded wonderful, because they don't want to upset you. Um, so that's practicing, and it doesn't cost anything. One thing you could do, though, and a shameless plug here, is join my webinars. This is where we get to practice. You get to practice with me, and I don't pull my punches. There's no point in me telling you, oh, that was lovely, that, when actually I'm thinking it was an absolute train wreck. Um, but I always, after 25 years, over 25 years of supporting people, I always make sure that people feel good about the debrief at the end of it. So everyone, no matter how bad, badly the answer went, no matter what the mistakes might have been, they'll always feel good about uh, the debrief that we've had, because that's really important. You need to feel good about yourself. So I, I won't pull my punches, but I'll make sure that when you've finished the debrief, you're feeling good about yourself because you need to feel good about yourself to go through to the next stage of practicing. This is what I love doing, by the way. And this is why I'm finding the Enforce Advancement Group for serving officers um, so awesome. I mean, today, I actually tasked up two individuals from completely different countries. Uh, one individual from Ireland and one individual from uh, the southeast. And I've actually tasked them up to go out there and actually try something out in the workplace. And they're going to get back to me next week in next week's workshop. So, um, and that was part of the debrief. You know, we want to make sure that they're actually holding them to account to make sure that they do the things they're going to say they're going to do that are going to lead to them ultimately getting promoted. So there you go, folks. Five things. Structure, detail, emotion, uh, answering the question and actually practicing the fifth one. That's a really important one. Five things that if you do more of, if you add more structure, add more detail, add more emotion, answer the question and practice. I absolutely guarantee that you're going to do better than you think you're going to do at this moment in time. I absolutely guarantee it. So there you go, folks. I hope you've enjoyed this video if you're watching this on YouTube um, or you might be watching it on Facebook or one of the other um, video providers. Um, but for those of you who are watching this on podcast, so pleased that you are joining me on these podcasts um, and keep the feedback rolling in. I'd love to hear from you as to how you found the podcasts, um, what you'd like me to podcast more about. So I've got some ideas for this autumn and winter um more sort of interviews but uh, those interviews are going to involve me uh, these are interviews i do with people in the policing sector i'm actually going to get out and about so i've got a ride along booked with the metropolitan police which i'm really looking forward to uh, and also um, all being well meeting up with a superintendent who's in charge of specialist operations in um, a big metropolitan force. I'm not going to say who it is or where it is just yet, just in case it doesn't happen. Uh, and I've got loads of other ideas as well. So 
you've told me that those are quite popular you've told me that you find them very valuable so i'm going to do more of those things but if there's anything else let me know drop me a line info at bluelightconsultancy.com check out the website bluelightonline.co.uk or join the Facebook groups. We've just tipped over 17,000 members of the Blue Light Police Recruitment Facebook support group. And there's the in-service cadre. This is for police officers only, uh, over 3,500 of them. And then there's a very special Enforce Advancement group, which is just £4.99 a month. And you get weekly workshops with me, two-hour weekly workshops where we practice the sort of things that are going to get you promoted. You might be thinking, why so cheap? Well, because I love doing it and most of those individuals in that group are previous clients. So it's just to give them something back, give them something back and make sure that their careers are fulfilling and successful. Anyway, after those shameless plugs, I better go, aren't I? I shall catch up with you very soon. Catch up with you in the next one. Bye bye for now. 